Hello, my name is Tate Cornell, and I'm from Washington, and my parents won't let me listen to I Doubt It With Dolomore because he f***ing cusses too much. <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dalamore. Uh-oh. Right, everybody. Episode 527 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I'm your host, as always, Jesse Dalamore. And today I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. Today... And every day. Today and every day. And even at concerts. <laughs> even at concerts. Mm-hmm. That was a good show. Yeah, we went to see Wolfpack. And I, wasn't it a, a New Year's resolution we wanted to see more shows this year? Or um, am I making that up after the fact? I think the New Year's resolution was that we were going to travel Only more this travel. Year. Yeah. All right. Um, well, but, in my head, but concerts, it was see more shows. Yeah, concerts are kind <laughs> of like traveling because you get to go to a different place in time. And the songs take you somewhere. Wow. Travel with the songs. Kellyanne Conway, everybody. Stretching. <laughs> stretching. Stretching right there. So something interesting happened, though. And you already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to answer. No, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you uh, the gender of the individual that asked this question. And I want you to guess. All right. So I okay. play along like I don't know. Sure. Okay. Um, we're at the concert. We we had purchased our tickets. We go in. It's assigned seating. Okay. So that means we're that you... At, we're at the Greek theater. The Greek in LA. Right. And so this is not like you just find a place in the pit. It's this not is, a mosh pit. Right. You purchased specific seats and then you sit in those seats. Correct? That is right. So we go and find our seats and we're sitting in our seats. And to to the right of us, there there's another couple sitting directly next to us. And after them, there's some open seats and then other... Only two open seats and then more people. Yeah. And then more people. Yeah. And what happens is, is someone comes up to us. Okay. Someone. Because to our left are... Four open seats. Right. And there's a party of six. <laughs> that's exactly the number. And someone <laughs> comes up to us and says, in a way that's almost just assuming that we're going to move, asks us to please move. Yeah. Would we move? But, yeah. but they're saying it again in a way where like, they're not giving you the choice. They're not giving you an option. Yeah, like... They, they treated it as though we were like at a bar and there's two additional stools and it's kind of messing up the flow. Hey, could you guys all scoot down to? Right. We got an extra two here. Right. And I, I, we haven't, we haven't answered the question yet as to the gender of the person. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh, I look over to this person and I say, well, we're, this is signed seating. Right. And first of all, it was just us two. We didn't know the people next to us. Right. We're not going to make that decision for unilaterally for them. And I said, well, this is a signed seating. That would, if those people show up, it's going to fuck everything up. Yeah. And this person, should we just spill it? It's a man. It's a dude. It's a man. <laughs> he's a man. And of course he's a man because. wild presumption. Yeah. He just assumed that we were going to do that. And yeah. I, the confidence with which he asked the question, I mean, it really just bums me out because. I think I blew his fucking mind with the deal. Oh, he was disappointed. And yeah. then his two friends walked away and they were like waving goodbye for a long time. And they like <laughs> to the other side of the amphitheater, which it's not, it's not giant. Yeah. And I mean, it is a bummer, right? Because well, maybe they bought tickets at a different time well, and they didn't end up together. If you want to sit together, buy fucking tickets together. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to say that it's a bummer, but really that's what they should have done because that's they, what people they were do. Trying to, and then also, by the way, like 10 minutes later, mm -hmm. the people who weren't sitting in those seats showed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it would have been a more of a clusterfuck. Right. Than where what, you're sitting yeah. in someone's seats. Yeah. And we saw that happen, too, where people are trying to, like, skeeve better I seats. I saw more skeevery yeah. <laughs> at this concert than I've ever... We've been to a lot of shows. Yeah. I have never seen more seat jacking 
going on as I did at the Greek. Yeah. On Sat on Sunday. Well, the funny thing is, um, I spotted Jack Conti. Yeah, the founder and CEO of Patreon. Yes, and also a member of Scary Pockets. Scary Pockets and uh What's the French word for grapefruit? Pomplamoose. Pomplamoose. And so Scary Pockets is um, like a, a, a cover band. They cover modern songs, yeah. but they're funk covers. Yeah, they're kind of like a postmodern jukebox, except they don't do like hippity high or, you know, like fucking 20s style, whatever. Yeah, it's funk. Yeah, they do funk, which is, they have some great tunes. Which is also what Wolfpack is, in case you're wondering uh, what the hell Wolfpack is, because... <laughs> I told people I went to a concert and they're like, oh, who'd you see? And I said, Wolfpack. And they're like, what? <laughs> What's that? What How would you describe it, by the way? What would you say if someone said Wolfpack? What is that? Yeah, I would say funk. Yeah. I yeah. said like a contemporary funk band. It was. And again, we're making this commercial about fucking Wolfpack. V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. Wolfpack. But let me tell you, if you're into funk, goddamn. Mm-hmm. You need to check this group out. We, we we've been a fan for a long time. You turned me on to them, Brittany, mm-hmm. and it's like six dudes who are in insane shape. Yeah, like everybody plays everybody else's instruments. Yeah, they were running all around the stage. Like the guy who's playing the drums jumps off the drums, comes, grabs a guitar, starts playing guitar. Yeah, and then has to run back. Theo Katzman is his name. Yeah, and he has to run back to play gu- the, the drums again to before... sing while playing the drums. <laughs> Just it was wild, and it was usually. Because I'm such a fucking old man. Even when we go see somebody I really want to see, like John Mayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> when uh, when it's like time for encore, I'm like, yeah, we could just check out. Yeah, we could just leave. Yeah, I don't need to stay for the for the next three songs. We could just go. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't like that for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, I mean, not to ensure that everyone knows even more about what a douche I am. Um, <laughs> but they... Well, first of all, I saw someone younger than me wearing an Earth, Wind, and Fire shirt. Yeah, you wouldn't be quiet about it. You kept... Look, look at him. Look at him. There's the guy. There's the guy. There's the guy. I mean, I wouldn't be quiet about it. I was debating in my head whether or not to go up to him and ask if he wants to be my new best friend. So you're lucky that that didn't happen because it was about to happen. I was so shocked. I'm like, hell yes. Yeah. Look at this guy younger than me. Loves Earth, Wind, and Fire so much. He has a T-shirt right now. Okay, but this is the quality fan. These are the quality fans yeah, that Wolfpack yeah, yeah. has. Um, but they actually did an Earth, Wind, and Fire cover in September at the end. Yeah, yeah, and I got emotional in, in their encore. I got emotional. Of course you did, and felt like a douche. So it was good. I mean, it's no you know shitty punk rock band that covers crooner songs like Frank's and Dean's that's out there touring right now. Hmm. <laughs> But it was good. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was um, really good. Aside from people trying to kick us out of our seats. Do you think people will be offended that I was like, of course, a man did that? I'm fucking sure. Who? Of course, somebody's going to be offended by it. Okay. But dudes are presumptuous. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I just it's one of those things where it makes I, me, it's not something a lady would do. It makes me jealous because... The way that girls are raised is just not to behave like that, yeah. you know, and it kind of bums me out. Be- I mean, I have certainly overcome that. So it's not something that I struggle with at all. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, for many people, assertiveness is not a uh, a shy point for you. Yeah. Um, but I think it is for a lot of people. And of course it is. I, I talk about this a lot at work in my in my groups in group therapy. Because this stuff affects people like throughout their lives, you know, the way that they were programmed to behave and like how hard it is to overcome that stuff. And a lot of it is societal messaging, right? Messages from society that we get about how we're supposed to comport ourselves. Yeah, sure. Um, And I he he rubbed me the wrong way when he did it. But I think that that quality of being able to be assertive and direct like that is positive in in many situations. For sure, not in that situation where your 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 confidence is you're putting on us a situation you're you're trying to peer pressure us to be to do something dickish. Right. What we would have done would have been not good. Yeah, putting someone else out. It would have broken down the order of things. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like encouraging somebody to to not take their turn at a fucking uh, a four-way stop. Right. Like someone who gets there (laughs) and they're like, no, no, go ahead. It drives me insane. Fucking follow the rules. Popeye's panicked right now because you're yelling. But yes, totally agree. I hate it when men, it's typically men, it's never women, that (laughs) 
that tell me no i'm being serious that tell me to go ahead and go they'll do like the courtesy wave and tell me to go go ahead ahead, little lady yeah and i'm like i get angry like i don't wave back i start yelling in my car by myself i go but i go with the shitty like shaking my head like you (laughs) motherfucker Yeah, like he's like, wow, he's just being nice to that guy. Yeah, Why is he yeah. so angry? Yeah, it's because you're not following the rules, sir. Yeah. There's rules, sir. Because if that happens, the whole system fucking breaks down. Everything breaks Next down. Next thing you know, dogs are fucking cats. <laughs> the whole system just fucking breaks down. Seriously, we need to stay on track, <laughs> including here at the show. Speaking of this show, mm-hmm. I want to give a little plug real quick. We've had them on the show before. Mark Trailer from um, Christianity Without the Crap. Yes. The podcast, Christianity Without the Crap. My former pastor. That is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we helped launch their show. We gave them some technical advice. Really, that's about it. We didn't really do much, much other than that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mark just did a show about Foxianity is what he calls it. Kind of the, 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 the Fox's influence on Christianity in America. And Mark did it without Tammy because Tammy is on vacation. That is right. Mm-hmm. And I guest hosted specifically about that particular topic. So if you're interested in hearing about our talk, fucking go check it out. Yeah, Mark has a special place in my heart. He, like he said in the podcast, I think he said that he's known me since I was nine. Yeah. I didn't do the math on it, but that sounds probably right. Maybe. I don't know. That's um, a long time. But a long time. You're an old motherfucker, so that is a long time. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of hate. Uh, it's just observation. All right. So let's get to some listener communication. We have some. Mm-hmm. And shocker, actually, there is a shocker. Hmm. We got no feedback whatsoever about Bagel Boss Guy. Hmm. None. Yeah, that's odd. All of it, not shocking, is about Donald Trump's racist tweets to the Congresswoman, which we're going to be covering in Dollamocracy. Hey, guys, it's Carissa. I was just watching your video on the Donald Trump tweet um, calling out the congresswoman telling them to go back to their own country um am i alone in thinking that maybe uh oh what's his name steven oh that that young guy with the big forehead steven miller racist guy in trump's administration he's like 30 years old i can't remember his name probably because i hate him um it sounds like it almost sounds too well composed to have been composed by trump himself um, and using, you know, big words like inept, like, I didn't think that <laughs> Donald Trump knew that word. Oh. I mean, technically it's not a big word, but for Donald Trump, it's a big word. But, uh, anyway, I was just wondering if I was alone in thinking that, or if that, that crossed anybody else's mind. Alright, love the show, Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show, Brittany's the best part. I always love when Carissa calls in. Yeah, for sure. Because, because one, she's funny as fuck. Yes. But also because she is the originator mm-hmm. of Love the Show, Britney's the best part. Yes. That people love so much that they started saying, and then I had to make a drop out of it. Yeah. I also, one of my favorite memories on the Patreon Hangouts, which we have uh, twice a month for Patreon supporters of a certain tier, um, just to give a little plug there, <laughs> um, <laughs> is when Carissa joined one of the calls. And there was this moment where people figured out, oh my gosh, you're Britney's the best oh, part, yeah. Carissa. It was like a cel- celebrity joined yeah, the call. And it was so exciting. I thought it was so funny. Everyone was so excited to talk to her. And uh, it was just, it was a really cool long, moment. Long time listener. Yeah. It's a good time. Anyway, about the call, uh, she is talking about, you, Carissa, are talking about uh, Stephen Miller, the little skinny troll, white nationalist. Mm-hmm. The one who was the the architect of Donald Trump's immigration policy, and really uh, largely responsible for most of his domestic policy. He's he is the longest lasting. He was from the beginning, even to the campaign. Used to be Jeff Sessions. Shocker, shocker. Jeff Sessions, white nationalist Jeff Sessions, um, chief of staff. I love all of these people that um, like are white supremacists because when you look at them. Yeah. That's just what you Master think. Master race. Right? Yeah. yeah. Look, 
Wow, that guy has some good fucking Third Reich genes right there. Yeah, please, please. What what is happening? He has to use a magic marker on his hair. That guy has awesome genes. He has for sure colored in his hair before oh, with he, a marker. No, he did it on CNN. Yeah, it looked all that shit went crazy that time. It looked not great. Real natural, mm-hmm. very real. Yes, you don't not have hair. And then the next day have hair and be on CNN. Well, you could get plugs, although it's, it's not the next day. That takes some recovery. It's like it's like when Kevin would go on the office, would, would have a wig that he'd go like to weddings and shit with. Yeah. It's all of a sudden, he's Kevin from the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sans chili. <laughs> all right. We have another call. Same topic. Charles from Alabama. Hello, Jesse Brittany. Finally happened. The hood came off and President Trump showed true colors and not a damn thing changed. Uh, yeah, this is Charles from Alabama. And I'm tired. It officially happened, but I am tired. The Republicans that I know in person and, of course, the ones in Congress have not said a damn thing about racist assholes that hold the office. And the ones that have said something have given some half-assed condemnation where they believe with 75% of their thing is a, comp- a complaint about Democrats. It's all bullshit. And I'm tired. I didn't think it would happen. But I'm genuinely tired. And I'm tired of everyone just giving them a pass on nonsense. One good thing that came out is... He really showed everyone's true colors. He said he's not racist because everyone agrees with him. And that is the God on his truth. They agree with him. They see nothing wrong with him. So, long story short, fuck this dude. <laughs> um, I got nothing else to say about President Trump. Fuck. Love the show. Brittany, Jesse, and Popeye. Are the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. It was said, so it got played. I totally feel the same way. Um, there I, is kind of a fatigue. Is that what you mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I will say that... How long has he been president now? It's, Two and a half years. Yeah. It feels like so much longer. Um, there was a period of time where people were saying... That at this point, if you're still shocked by his tweets, like you're just you're feigning that shock because there's no way to be shocked anymore. And I really don't feel that way. I still feel shocked, like with how much worse everything continues to be. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for remaining. Like you're not shocked Donald Trump said it, but you're shocked that the president of the United States is saying this. Yeah, it kind of goes back to my why are we being tortured? I just yeah. it's I'm shocked that this is like still happening and that nothing is changing and that Republicans are still they can't just say what a basic fact is, which that the tweet was racist. That's what's the most fucking shocking that, thing to and me. And that Donald Trump is racist. Yeah. And you know what? Even asking the question, right? <laughs> All these journalists have been saying, is the tweet racist? I mean, why are we why are we asking that question? What I guess if you phrased it like this, Donald Trump's tweet was racist, but do you think it was racist? Yeah. I just want to get your opinion. I'm stating the fact up front here, but then I want to get your dumb opinion yeah, as well. well. No, that should be the question should be, all right, Mr. Senator slash Congressman, how racist was the tweet? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> was it a little bit racist or fucking off the charts, goddamn racist? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. And they're they're hiding under their desks because they're all fucking cowards. Cowards. So playing off the cowards theme, <laughs> uh, Amy I, it was kind of a spring a springboard for you. Yeah, Amy in Memphis wrote to us regarding the Bill Lee discussion that we had on the previous episode. You remember he was the asshole of today. That's right, the mm-hmm. governor of the great state of Tennessee. So hey, y'all. 
I'm in Memphis. Tennessee. And this whole Bill Lee nonsense is some bullshit. But an also direct <laughs> ping at Memphis, which removed the statues of Nathan Bedford Forrest and Jefferson Davis from our parks in December 2017. After some wonky workarounds, which involved selling the parks, some dumbass state law didn't allow for removal from the state property, and removing the statues, it gets the hicks from the surrounding areas to roll up in our city with their Confederate flags. That shit doesn't fly here in our city, which is demographically over 60% black, and cause some shit. Luckily, my neighbors don't put up with it, but unfortunately, my bumpkin family members think it is our quote-unquote history that is being forgotten. Although, Trump, baby. although our ancestors did indeed fight in the Union Army and were from up north. Also, poor. Our ancestors were poor and really had nothing to win if they did fight for the Confederacy. Oh, and the Nathan Bedford Forrest fans? Why are they still flocking to the park? Would you guess that way back in 1904, they dug him and his wife up from Elmwood Cemetery to plant him in the middle of downtown and put a statue on top of him? Still haven't gotten them moved from there yet, but that is why the racists like to stand around and terrorize the neighborhood. We view Bill Lee as just slapping everyone in the face in Memphis. Amy. The way I understand the way Tennessee is, is that Memphis would kind of be like the Austin of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. A little bit more on the weird side, a little bit more on the liberal side, a little bit more on the understanding and empathy, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit more little blue, a little bit more blue. Yeah, um, I have learned that primarily from Amy. From Amy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. It's kind of one of the things about having a diverse audience that spans the country and the, the world, really. Absolutely. Humble brag there. Yeah. Um, is you get to, to kind of know about different areas geographically, yeah. especially the States, which is such a, a diverse group of fucking people. And it's also what helps us move the conversation forward. Yes. So if you have been thinking about writing in and you have been too afraid or whatever it might be, not to disregard your feelings in a shitty way, I'm saying they're legitimate, but I'm just saying whatever else, right? I think what Brittany's saying is get the fuck over it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> 657-464 7609. Remember, that is a voicemail line that will cut you off at three minutes. You got to keep choice. it under three minutes. Google does that. And if you want to, you can record a voice memo from your cell phone and mm. send it to I doubt it at dollamore.com, or you can just send us an email. But you know what? Don't make it too long because we've gotten a few emails this week that have, and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not being hyperbolic here. They were like the length of research papers. And while we appreciate that and we we read them and we love the feedback that we get, it's just there's no way to read that on the show, yeah. you know? Um, so if you're going to write, and, and I understand sometimes people just want to rant and kind of get stuff out, and that's totally fine. But I also don't want people to be upset if we don't read it. Yeah, well, know that any email or voicemail that you send... Uh, even the 25-minute voice memos that mm -hmm. get sent in, they get listened to. Yeah. So it doesn't fall on deaf ears. It doesn't just go into a trash bin. Yeah. We listen to them. Absolutely. We read them. Yes. It's just... Just it's, maybe not on the show. Yeah. Sometimes it just can't make it to the show time-wise and also my voice. Absolutely. Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Well, you guys already know the ways. Patreon, PayPal, Amazon, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes without profanity, and just simply listening to the show. We appreciate everyone who likes the links on the Facebook page, shares the links from the Facebook page, shares the episode with friends to help spread the word. Whatever it is that you do. Yeah, retweet that shit. Yeah, to help us out. We really, really appreciate it. Um, one thing that we would ask is to please go and like the Facebook page if you haven't already. I doubt it with Dollamore Podcast. Um, please follow us on Twitter at I doubt it podcast at Dollamore at Brittany E. Page. Dollamocracy, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Charles just highlighted 
part of the thing that is bothersome about Donald Trump's justifications. Obviously, the tweets are terrible. In fact, before we get to this clip, let's read the entire tweet. How about that? So we can put this in context, just in case there's someone out there who hasn't heard the entire thing in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was tweeted on Sunday, July 14th, that in, is case, right. in case you want to go back and find it. Although, let me warn you that it will be very difficult to find because shortly after he tweeted this, he went on this kind of weird retweeting spree. Rampage. And you get all of his tweets delivered to your phone. Yeah. And... I, I tell me if I'm wrong, but it's not often that he does that kind of thing. It, I mean, he did right. like 20 retweets in a row yeah. of people just like thanking him, like random people. It did seem like he was trying to bury something in his feet. Yeah, trying to push it down. Yeah. So, so here it is. We're we're bringing it back up. We're putting it front and center. Like this is something that could just go away. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Come it's, on. It's been two full days of it being yeah. talked about. So interesting to see progressive, quote unquote, Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, parenthetically, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how it is done? These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. That is racist. There's no other way around that. That is textbook racism. It's also historically like the, the, the charge of a dumb person. Why don't you go back to where you are from? In the video that I did this week on it, I highlighted all these different... And by the way, it was very easy to find. All you have to do is type in, go back to where you came from. Yeah. And all these people go back to Mexico, go back to Africa. It's what a, a dumb person says to someone in lieu of an argument, in lieu of, oh, you want to talk about policy? You want to talk about immigration policy? Let's talk about it. Instead, it's why don't you go back to where you came from if you hate America? It's a Tommy Lahren argument. Well, and let's just say that um, he's referring to AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley. And Ilhan Omar. That's right. And uh, Ocasio-Cortez was born in the Bronx, I believe. Like, mm -hmm. she was born in New York. Yeah. Um, Rashida Tlaib is a representative from Michigan. I believe she was born in Detroit. That's right. She's from Detroit. And then uh, Representative Ayanna Presley is from... She's a representative from Massachusetts. But I think she was born in Ohio. That is right. Yeah. And then um, Omar, Representative Omar from Minnesota, she came to the United States from Somalia when she was 10... But then she became a citizen when she was 17. She's been a citizen longer than Melania Trump has been a citizen in the country. Let that sink in. Well, first of all, I don't, everybody jumped on this whole, that all three of them were born in America. It's only Ilhan Omar that wasn't. It doesn't fucking matter. They're all American They're citizens. They're all citizens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're naturalized or you were fucking born here. An American citizen is an American citizen is an American citizen. Absolutely. But I would say that the reason that people were pointing out that three of the four were born in America is because the whole point of this tweet is that Donald Trump sees an American citizen as a white person. Mm. Yeah, and, I see that. And he is singling out these four congresswomen of color as not being American because yeah. he doesn't, he fundamentally does not see them as being American citizens, just like the situation with Obama, with birth birtherism, yeah. right? And um, I asked this question on Twitter today or tweeted it, I don't know, whatever I said, um, but he hasn't told Bernie Sanders to go back to the country. It right? was an awesome point. Because he's trying to change the meaning of this tweet now. He's trying to say that it's about the policies Right? Oh, yeah. It's a real policy argument. That socialists, he's calling them communists now, okay? That socialists and communists, they're not real Americans. It's un-American, right? Yeah. Well, if that was really the driving force behind your criticism of these four congresswomen, 
why weren't you including Bernie Sanders in that? Right, Who's yeah. Who's running for president. Or Elizabeth Warren, who you constantly call socialist. And Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic socialist, right? right? Yeah. So why hasn't he said this about Bernie Sanders yeah. before? It's an awesome point because it really lays bare Donald Trump's motivation, which is unequivocally, without a fucking doubt, inarguably racism. And so it's it's gotten to the point where, what are we doing here? You know, the House did this thing where they just approved a resolution condemning the tweets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so strange that we're, like, talking about tweets. Um, and the vote was pretty much along party lines. The, the House was split 240 to 187 with four Republicans supporting the measure. So in case you were wondering... That's something. Yeah, in case you were wondering who these Republicans were who joined the Democrats in condemning the president for his racism, it was Republican representatives Fred Upton of Michigan, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Susan Brooks of Indiana, and Will Hurd of Texas. Let me tell you something. Not so much with Will Hurd or the Indiana lady. Susan Brooks. But that's a big deal. Well, I don't know who she is. That's why. Mm-hmm. I was just clarifying yeah, her name. N- n- like, like, oh, she's unimportant. I How just dare you beat up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. So is the Pennsylvania person and the Michigan person. That should tell you what the sentiment is on the ground. Maybe not for the entire state, but certainly in districts because they're Republicans. And if these Republicans are willing to step out of line and go against the president in Michigan and Pennsylvania, which were two of the three states that turned the election for Donald Trump, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's my first analysis. I haven't yeah. looked at the districts or anything. No, I but. think that's a good point, although it makes me depressed because the underlying assumption there being that this was strictly a politically expedient no, 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 decision. No, 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 no. I'm saying that it certainly uh, it gave them the freedom to do so because of the fact oh, that, okay. that the attitude in the state is, fuck this guy. Okay, yeah. No, certainly, uh, th- there is a political calculus here, and it's kind of a bummer, but... Even if it's a bummer, it's a bummer on our side of things, mm-hmm. and it it gives us hope for 2020. Yeah. So I'm the the whole point of this is for me to trick you into saying his name. So if you could just go along with it. Also, the guy who recently left the Republican Party and became an independent, <laughs> Justin Amash. Yeah, Amash. <laughs> um, He's officially out now, huh? He's an independent. Yeah, he oh, became an a, independent that quickly. Yeah, I think that when you write an op-ed, uh, that it automatically changes it for you. You just say, hey, fuck those guys? Yeah. It's like, oh, he's out. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, good. He also joined and and yeah. uh, condemned the president. So, yeah. But he wasn't counted in the four Republicans because... He's not. Because no of the op-ed. Yeah. Because of the op-ed. Yeah. Well, he doesn't caucus with them anymore. Mm. They kicked him out of the, the caucus. Yes. Caucus. Stay strong at your caucus. Stay strong. We need to get that clip for the coming up here. Yeah. In the 2020. So anyway, um, that is the tweet. Clearly, 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 he's being a fucking racist. Originally, the countries they originally came from. What is he talking about? Clearly, he's talking about they should go back to where it's the same deal with that judge. Trying to think of his name. The judge that was... Curiel? Judge Curiel, right. Who was of Mexican heritage, born in Indiana, and Donald Trump said he couldn't do his job because he was a Mexican. Mm -hmm. He's not a Mexican. Mm -hmm. He's an American Mm -hmm. who happens to have, in his lineage, Mexican relatives. Right. So that's what that is. Go back. Go back there to where... From which you came. The countries from which you came. And then maybe come back. Maybe come back later after you fix those places from which you came. Mm-hmm. It is one of those situations where you're at a loss for words. Yeah. It's not shocking that Donald Trump would be a racist fuck at all. Yeah, not at all. But when the president of the imagine, listen, as bad as George W. Bush was, there's not a scenario under which George W. Bush would have said, go back to where you came from. That, that's what's so shocking about this, is if Donald Trump weren't president, you would expect that he would be one of these people that is caught in the viral video, like, telling young black people yes. at a pool to get out of the pool. Um, right. Or, you know, causing a scene at the Olive Garden, harassing people of color. You know, like, I, I just, that's what we would expect based on his behavior on Twitter, Right. 
you wouldn't it's it, exactly if right. you just gave someone these tweets and you said can you just tell me like what c- caliber of person this is no, like Trump, what baby. might this person be up to yeah right right after they tweeted this before they tweeted it what might they be doing right you wouldn't think oh they're you know being a diplomat and going to the g20 summit and really doing some positive work <laughs> right right they're harassing people of color in public absolutely so as Charles, uh, he, he referenced that Donald Trump justifies it by saying that many people agree with him. Those many people we'll get to are many white nationalists like Andrew Englund, who runs the Daily Stormer, which is a Nazi website. They're loving this. They're over the moon that he's tweeting shit like this. They wholeheartedly endorse this kind of attitude, this kind of ideology. But before we do, let's talk about Donald Trump and the many people who agree, and that's his justification. Today, President Trump is not backing away from his stunningly racist attack on a group of minority members of Congress. Instead, he's trying to defend it, denying it was racist and spewing even more divisiveness. Uh, These are people that, in my opinion, hate our country. Well, I'm saying that if they're not happy here, they can leave. They can leave. And you know what? I'm, I'm sure that there'll be many people that won't miss them. Yesterday, Mr. Trump tweeted that progressive Democratic congresswoman who, quote, originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, unquote, should, quote, go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough, unquote. President Trump seemed to be referencing Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, who were born in New York City, Detroit, and Cincinnati, respectively, as well as Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, who came to the U.S. as a child, a refugee from Somalia. She's been a U.S. citizen since she was a teenager, longer than the First Lady. We are expecting to hear from those four members of Congress soon, as some Republicans, now a day later, are beginning to condemn the racist tweets. Many have stayed silent or even tried to play dumb, as demonstrated by acting U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Director Ken Cuccinelli. What did you think of that tweet? Uh, Well, I didn't see that tweet, actually. Uh, I can hear what you're reading. Did did my colleague Jake Tapper read you that tweet yesterday? Yes, he did. So you have heard this tweet before, and you have had 24 hours to process it. So what? So what? So... That's one approach, I guess. Another approach has been to say the president was only giving voice to frustration. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Wow. Just right in the middle of the clip. I did. Yeah. It's shocking, right? Ken Cuccinelli, the former lieutenant governor of Virginia, or no, former attorney general of the state of Virginia. Wow. Current have some muckety muck with relation to immigration and border patrol and customs enforcement. And he says. He gets busted. He says, no, this is the first I've heard of this tweet. I've been hard at work working on asylum policy, deep in the weeds, being into wonky stuff. I don't know what's going on. I don't pay attention to that. And then Allison Camerata calls him out on it and says, ah, actually, obviously being told in in her ear, hey, Jake Tapper read him this tweet 24 hours ago. Right. (laughs) And what's his response? So what? I just lied to you. So what? That's why I'm having a difficult time because Allison Camerata should have said, bro, you're lying. Yeah, you're a fucking liar. You're lying right now. I just caught you, bro. Are you going to own up to this? <laughs> you know? That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. And then they just double down. Yeah. What, what is happening? He said, so what? Twice. Yeah, and he, So what? And he's trying, so what? he's trying to use his anger, his hostility, his aggression to try to intimidate yeah. and silence. Yeah. And that's when you come back at him with a bro, right? The bro always works. It always works. It's, it's like a... It, Classic. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you can't, it's like a, just a shield. Yeah. <laughs> just smashing them. It's like a shield. No, it's like a chain ball to the face. A chain ball, a mace. Yeah. Right to the head. Exactly. All right. Shall we let Ken Cuccinelli continue to lie? Uh, let's do it. ...with sentiments that the four congresswomen, perhaps especially Congresswoman Omar have expressed the idea, I suppose, being that Congresswoman Omar has said things that people find offensive, even occasionally bigoted. Therefore, it's okay to be bigoted to her. Here's Vice Presidential Chief of Staff Mark Short. 
I don't think that the president's uh, intent in any way is racist. I think he's trying to point out the fact that, that since elected, it's hard to find anything Ilhan Omar said that actually is supportive of the United States of America. So anti-American sentiment in this view justifies racism. It, of course, does not in any decent or civilized world. But a world in which religious and racial and nationalistic hatred is out in the open, well, it's certainly acceptable there. In fact, the president was asked today if it bothered him that white supremacists had found common cause in his go back where you came from tweets. Here's the president's response. It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. Right. And some of those people are white supremacists and they think a lot of us should go back where we came from. Me and him and him and her. Even if we ourselves came from the United States of America. Now, this isn't new. You can find, and I did, in a a Kansas newspaper from the 1800s, evidence of a local demagogue telling a Swedish-American who had expressed concern about the then-current state of affairs to go back to where he came from. Now, the Kansas journalist who wrote this up mocked this, quote, debasing insult. Again, this is in the 19th century, questioning whether not only those with heritage in Sweden, but those with heritage in Germany or Ireland or Norway should go back where they came from. Of course, they shouldn't, and thank God they didn't. But in Manhattan, Kansas, in August 1892, they knew better. And that is the problem right now. One of many, many, many problems is that white nationalists have capitalized on this. Now, this next clip is about that. And also, I want to talk about something else that is a fucking problem. Well, it's just interesting to hear uh, Jake Tapper going on there about this when he then played a segment on his show today featuring Richard Spencer. That's right. That the clip you just heard was from uh, when uh, Tuesday Jesus Monday show. This clip you're getting ready to hear was from Tuesday show. These are people that if they don't like it here. They can leave. President Trump defending his tweets targeting four progressive Democrats of color. Today tweeting, these tweets were not racist. But you know who does think that? Avowed racist. And they love it. This from neo-Nazi Andrew Anglin, who runs one of the most clicked racist anti-Semitic websites. This is the kind of white nationalism we elected him for. A white nationalist podcaster simply parroted Trump's words with a picture of the four American congresswomen with the caption, send them back. White nationalist Patrick Casey tweeted in agreement that the four lawmakers simply do not belong in America, let alone in our government. What does the president think about support from these circles? It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. Prominent white supremacists, neo-Nazis and anti-Muslim bigots have fully embraced Donald Trump's recent tweets. The Anti-Defamation League's Joanna Mendelson says the president's words are also having an impact on American society as a whole. Essentially, it normalizes hate and it makes it acceptable and it lowers our bar, our tolerance for what is allowed in our country. And that is dangerous. But here's a twist. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! White nationalist Richard Spencer, who hailed Trump when he was first elected, is among those who are turning on Trump. Many white nationalists will eat up this red meat that Donald Trump is throwing out there. I am not one of them. I recognize the con game that is going on. They say Trump is all talk and no action on maintaining white dominance in America. He gives us nothing outside of racist tweets. And by racist tweets, I mean tweets that are meaningless and cheap and express the kind of sentiments you might hear from your drunk uncle while he's watching Hannity. Yes, that was Richard Spencer, the man who championed the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, who believes that whites should live separately from non-whites and Jewish people. Him calling the president's tweet outright racist. But to be clear... There are many white nationalists, supremacists, neo-Nazis, whatever racist group they adhere to, who believe that the president is still their best choice. So this uh, th- this happened on Jake Tapper's show. This, this segment was featured on Jake Tapper's show, who just went on and on about white supremacists and how uh, th- their attitudes are terrible or what, what, whatever he said. And then they go and have 
Richard Spencer on air where they did like a remote interview with him where he went into like the studio mm-hmm. and sat down with the backdrop behind him. Right. Because you, I mean, how do you really know how the white supremacists <laughs> feel right. unless you have them put on their nice suits, comb their hair, yeah. come on the TV looking S- very presentable. Speak with good diction, and, hand a tea. And sell their, their views yeah. to the people. Uh, unnecessary and unprofessional, unjournalistic, n- not good to, 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 to fucking platform this guy. And I, I hate using the term platform him because he has a platform. He's a national figure, but you don't need to give him fucking airtime, CNN. I mean, just, it's not necessary. Well, he's someone who believes in peaceful ethnic cleansing. Yes. There's no such thing, but yes. And, well, that's what he calls it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm using his terms. Um, and that's someone that you like want to get more information from who who can we talk to get on the air is there anybody we can find that thinks that we should ethnically cleanse america let's give them some airtime. it's very it's shocking yeah i hope people are tweeting at jake tapper and saying what the fuck do, bro yeah hey bro <laughs> what the fuck bro well, and, uh, something i give was, him a bro Brittany. bro come on bro something i was concerned about was that the media wouldn't cover the tweet as much as I feel like it needs to be covered. And then what happened was I was extremely disappointed by the way that the media covered the tweet, right? Having Richard Spencer on to discuss yeah. it. Um, asking, asking whether it's racist. Right, asking all of these politicians whether it's racist. At this point, if you're not getting it, and you're not able to just state what is clearly obvious. I don't know yeah. what we're supposed to do, you know? Can, can I can I move us along here? Yeah, because I'm I, stuck. No, no, no. <laughs> I just I, I wanna I, before we end here, I, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna neglect the fact that so many fucking Republicans are silent. And silent in the face of abject obvious racism is complicity. And then the, the, the Republicans who do have the guts to go on the air are fucking idiots like Lindsey Graham, who said this on Fox and Friends. Well, we all know that AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. They hate Israel. They Hang on. I'm, let me preface it with this. He's going to throw around a whole bunch. They're communists. They're socialists. They hate Israel. They're this and that. Anti-Semitic. It's, and then he like repeats it because he ran, ran out of things to say. It, it just, uh, it's fucking stupid. Well, we all know that AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. They hate Israel. They hate our own country. They're calling the guards uh, along our border, the Border Patrol agents, concentration camp guards. Uh, they accuse people who support Israel of doing it for the Benjamins. Uh, they're anti-Semitic. They're anti-America. Don't get down. Aim higher. We don't need to know anything about them personally. Talk about their policies. Senator, you think those it sounds, tweets were negative? Think? Uh, I think they're American citizens who are duly elected that are running on an agenda that is disgusting, that the American people will reject. Talk about what it means for America to have free health care for illegal immigrants and no criminalization of coming into the country. See, see how that works for controlling immigration. Their ideas, they're anti-Semitic. They talk about the Israeli state if they're a bunch of thugs, not victims of the entire region. Uh, they, they wanted to impeach Trump on day one. They're socialist. They're anti-Semitic. They stand for all the things that most Americans disagree with. Make them the face of the future of the Democratic Party. Senator. You will destroy the Democratic Party. The other strange thing that I noticed was that he said they don't support Israel. They don't support this country. He put Israel before the United oh, States of yeah. America. Yeah, he did. And I mean, that that tells you a lot right there. Let, let, let's hear that again. Well, we all know that AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. They hate Israel. They hate our own country. Wow. He put Israel first. Yeah. Also mentioned Israel and anti-Semitic like three or four separate times in like a one-minute clip. It's like, dude, come, bro, bro. 
Yeah, well, it's it's hard to take Lindsey Graham seriously because we have all of the audio. He's a fucking lapdog. <laughs> from when he hated Donald Trump. Called him a race baiter and yeah. a bigot. Yeah, I mean, he, he said some of the worst things about Donald Trump. Yeah. And now he's protecting him. No, at all making, costs. making sure his boots are very clean via the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to play a very brief segment of Donald Trump's like eight and a half minute presser. We're going to play two, maybe three minutes of this until I get fed up with it. So if you hate Trump that bad, go ahead and skip ahead a couple minutes because <laughs> we're going to be playing some Trump here. But it really is just him answering questions from the media when he's out there trying to do a Made in America day where he's highlighting products that are made in the United States. And uh, he's just getting peppered with questions about why the fuck he's such a racist jerk off. That's what I say all the time. That's what I said in a tweet, which I guess some people think is controversial. A lot of people love it, by the way. A lot of people love it. But if you're not happy in the U.S., if you're complaining all the time, very simply, you can leave. You can leave right now. Come back if you want. Don't come back. It's okay, too. But if you're not happy, you can leave. That applause is White House staffers because it's it's out in front of the White House and they've got lawn chairs set up and it's the staff like always happens they start this wild applause and they're doing it crazy because they know the mics aren't going to pick it up uh, that's what that is then they start the questions well that's just a very racist statement somebody that would say that so Speaker Pelosi said, make America white again. Let me tell you, that's a very racist, that's a very racist statement. I'm surprised she'd say that. John, go ahead. So what he's referring to there is Nancy Pelosi tweeted, what Donald Trump means by make America great again is make America white again. She didn't tweet make America white again. And this dipshit thinks he's going to fool the world yeah. by repurposing the quote. I can't believe she tweeted that. That's shocking. Oh anyway, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, John from Fox News. Well, they're very unhappy. I'm watching them. All so John Roberts from Fox News asked, I don't know if you could catch that there. He asked. Three of the congresswomen you're talking about were actually born in America. How do you respond to that? All they do is complain. So all I'm saying is if they want to leave, they can leave, John. They can leave. I mean, I look at the one. I look at Omar. I don't know. I never met her. I hear the way she talks about Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda has killed many Americans. She said, you can hold your chest out. You can. When I think of America, huh? when I think of Al-Qaeda, I can hold my chest out. When she talked about the World Trade Center being knocked down, some people, you remember the famous some people. Uh, these are people that, in my opinion, hate our country. Now, you can say what you want, but get a list of all of the statements they've made. And all I'm saying that if they're not happy here, they can leave. They can leave. And you know what? I'm, I'm sure that there'll be many people that won't miss them. But they have. So I'm going to stop there and I'm going to put this in context. What he's talking about there with the Ilhan Omar thing and how I can hold my chest or I can hold my head high, that is a fucking lie. I've watched the interview that she gave. And look, I think the audience knows I call balls and strikes. I call them like I see them where it relates to Ilhan Omar. I have criticized her in the past and I will continue to do so when, when she's fucking wrong in my eyes. She's not wrong in this stupid in the clip he's lying about. She's talking about a professor. She took a terrorism class in college, and the professor, when he would say Al-Qaeda, he would put a little stank on the word, Al-Qaeda. And she was saying that they don't say that when they talk about America. It's, oh, it's America. But when you say Al-Qaeda, it's just extra emphasis. So, and they, I think there might have been some, she was talking to a, some media figure who is also uh, a Muslim, and there was some kind of camaraderie there related to their shared status as Muslims in America and how they're painted by the same brush by many Americans who look at them with fear or suspicion. She was not saying, I hold my head high when I think about Al-Qaeda. That is a fucking bald-faced lie from this jerk-off masquerading as a president. Have to love... They have to love our country. They're Congress people, and I never used any names. But these are people, quiet, 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 
Quiet. Quiet. These are people that if they don't like it here, they can leave. So that was Caitlin Collins. From CNN. I should have done another test there. Who was he talking to? A man or a woman? <laughs> um, and he, yeah, for, Caitlin Collins from CNN was telling her to be quiet. And at the end there, she says, I'm asking a question, sir. Yeah. Because that's what she's there to do. Yeah. Is her job. Ask questions. And she's asking a question that he's not happy with. Right. And she's continuing to try to ask it, even as he's trying to silence dance around her. it yeah. and silence her. Yeah. What, what do you know exactly what the question was? Because I couldn't hear. I couldn't uh, I couldn't make it out because he was telling her to shut up the whole time. She said, are you OK with people thinking your tweets are racist, Mr. President? Quiet, 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 quiet. She said, Mr. President, are you OK with people thinking your tweets are racist, sir? Quiet. I'm asking a question, sir. Ugh. He's the fucking worst. The worst. We're going to let this continue for just a moment. And I'd be, I'd, I don't know who's going to miss him, but I guess some people will. One of them is polling. One of them is polling at eight. One of them is polling at 8%. One of them is polling at 8%. Therefore, they should leave the country because they're polling numbers that you're somehow aware of. You're aware of their particular congressional polling numbers and their approval rating numbers. Why would that be? Because you're obsessed and you want to make this primary, excuse me, this general election about them. You don't want to make it about policy. You want to make it about these culture war issues that leave the country, stand for the flag, love the flag, love the country, the anthem. Rah, 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 America. I'm going to hug the flag, literally hug the fucking flag disgusting so when when i hear people speaking about how wonderful al-qaeda is when i hear people talking about some people some people with the world trade says some people no not some people much more than some people when i hear the statements that they've made and in one case you have somebody that comes from somalia which is a failed government a failed state who left somalia who ultimately came here and now as a congresswoman who's never happy, says horrible things about Israel, hates Israel, hates Jews, hates Jews. It's very simple. And if the Democrats want to wrap their bows around this group of four people, one of them kept Amazon out of New York, tens of thousands of jobs would have been a great thing. And she kept Amazon from going would have been a good deal. I mean, could he have made better? Maybe. Anyway, let's stop it there. But t- I, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I, the, the only reason I played is just how ridiculous and abjectly racist this is. There's no way around it. Even when you give the guy a chance, eight and a half, nine minutes to fucking defend himself and say why it's not racist, he cannot do it because it is indefensible. I also want to talk about how he's telling people that disagree to leave the country. These are supposed to be the freedom of speech champions. Right. Right. Freedom of speech is the most important thing to them. Yeah. That great point. And then any sign of dissent, they want them to leave, leave the country, get out. We don't need you. If you have criticism for us, if you're a dissenter, we don't want you here. Well, that's what America's about, dude. Bro. Yeah. It's, it's what it's about. Yeah. And there's um, a Theodore Roosevelt quote that I like, and it's about presidential criticism But I think if you sub in the country for where it says the president in this quote, that it makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to read it. Quote, the president should be supported or opposed exactly to the degree which is warranted by his good conduct or bad conduct, his efficiency or inefficiency in rendering loyal, able and disinterested service to the nation as a whole. Therefore, it is absolutely necessary that there should be full liberty to tell the truth about his acts. And this means it's exactly necessary to blame him when he does wrong as to praise him when he does right. Any other attitude in an American citizen is both base and servile. To announce that there should be no criticism of the president or that we are to stand by the president, right or wrong, is not only unpatriotic and servile, but is morally treasonable to the American public. Nothing but the truth should be spoken about him or anyone else, but it's even more important to tell the truth, pleasant or unpleasant, about him than about anyone else. Yeah. And I feel like that sentiment is so true about the country as well. People are not criticizing America because they hate America. 
the four congresswomen of color that he's attacking because he's racist are not criticizing America because they hate America. They love America and they want it to be better. That is the whole point of criticizing America. Yeah, it makes me wonder, should Donald Trump, should the charge, should the should uh, should he been asked to have leave the country? Leave if you don't like the country under Obama. Since you whine and bitch and complain for eight fucking years, and then once you took office, tried to reverse every single thing he did. Mm-hmm. Should Donald Trump have been asked to leave? If you don't like it here, bro, take off. Yeah. Of course not. He's a United States citizen. He has the right like anyone else. To voice his shitty opinions. Mm-hmm. What What is weird about this is that the, the White House is so unbelievably tone deaf. It's almost as if they have a strategy to double down on shittiness rather than try to do a little bit of damage control. It's like when Kellyanne Conway goes out into the, into the driveway there of the White House and takes a couple questions... And she immediately goes to asking the reporter, what's his ethnicity? What in the fuck world are we living in? Here's the clip of it. Now, the audio is edited, and I want to tell you why. It's edited because the reporter's volume was so low, I had to go in and modify it so you could hear him and her in this exchange. If the president was not telling uh, these uh, these four congresswomen to return to their supposed countries of origin, to which countries was he referring? What's your ethnicity? Uh, why is that relevant? To the- no, no, because I'm asking a question. My ancestors are from Ireland and Italy. Kelly, my, my own ethnicity is not relevant to the question I'm asking. No, no, it is, because asking you're asking you- about, he said originally. Said originally from, I'm, I am, I'm asking and you know everything he has said since, and to have a full so are you, conversation. Are you saying that the president was telling uh, the Palestinian. The president's already commented on that. To the middle. And then he starts into a line of questioning that she doesn't like. So she's another. He's already talked about that. He's already talked about that. Mm-hmm. She's asking a reporter, "What's his ethnicity?" Yeah. This is the United States of America, and a representative of the president is asking a reporter. A constitutionally protected journalist. What's your ethnicity, dude? Right here on White House property. What in the fuck? I, it's remarkable. It is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Now, now here, here's we're going to finish with this. Before the vote today, from the House that we talked about earlier, Eric Swalwell, former candidate for the presidency of the United States, he did drop out took to the House to read some of the racist comments into the record. And oddly enough, Republicans threw a fucking fit. Republicans objected and wanted his comments stricken from the record. Thank you, Madam Speaker. We have an opportunity today to condemn or condone. Birtherism is racist. Saying a Mexican judge can't be fair because of his heritage is racist. Saying immigrants from Mexico are rapists is racist. Saying there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville is racist. Calling African countries shithole countries is racist. And telling four members of this body to go home is racist. Gentleman will state do you, his do you think it's not racist? The gentleman will state his point of order. Do, do you think it's not so racist? The gentleman will suspend. Gentleman will is, state is his point of order. Is that what you're saying right now, Mr. Collins? Gentleman will suspend. Mr. Collins, is Gentlemen it not racist from... to say these things? Because you can say that right now. The gentleman from California is out of order. The gentleman from gentleman gentleman from California shall suspend. For what purpose does the gentleman from Georgia rise? I make a point of order. The gentleman's words are unparliamentary, and I request they be taken down. Clerk will report the words. How's that? Mm-hmm. Pretty remarkable. Why would they object to the words of the President of the United States, the leader of their party. Why would they object to those words, which aren't racist, 
Right? Bro? Cowards. <laughs> Hypocrites. Fucking scumbags. I feel like the use of bro has... Too much. It's gone a little overboard. Did I drive it into the ground? Um, Yes. And typically it is used in an ironic way. But mm. I feel like, you know, in the beginning when it says... uh. Does it say in the beginning that there will be gratuitous foul language or something? Something like that. Yeah. Well, I think the bro was gratuitous this time. <laughs> doesn't even apply. Doesn't, e <laughs> doesn't even make sense in this context. It gives me a moment to transition to letting go of the show here. All right. We love you guys. We're going to leave you there. Listen, we want to hear from you about this. I mean, obviously, I think the lion chair, you're going to agree that it is racist. Um, because it, it's fucking racist. You got another angle you want to talk about? You want to help us move the conversation forward? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? It's a it's a great question. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you'd like to know more about supporting the show, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. And there you can learn all about it. Pick a tier, find out about the rewards. We would love to have you in the Patreon family, helping us keep the lights on and helping us move the conversation forward, both via the podcast, but also helps us out on YouTube. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I mean, it's no, you know, shitty punk rock band that covers crooner songs like Franks and Deans that's out there touring right now. Hmm.